Hello and welcome back to What the Fork at the Euros. We are approximately 24 hours away from the Euro 2020 final. And it feels like we are seeing this on a regular basis, but it literally doesn't get any bigger than this. England versus Italy at Wembley Stadium and the winner takes absolutely everything. Or the winner takes all, if you prefer. Um, to preview the show with myself today, we're going full Gareth Southgate by sticking with a team that pretty much has got us all the way there with one slight change. First and foremost, it's what the folk regular Jack Shields. Jack, how are the nerves holding up? Um, I'm fine. I think we're going to do it. I'm very confident. Uh, looking forward to it. It's uh, something we can um, we can savor because it's not often England get this far, is it? So yeah, I think everybody's looking forward, and it. it's something to get the whole country together. So I think it's it's nice for someone to some have something to kind of unite the country, and I think it's going to be. But anyone that isn't watching it, well, you know why? You know, it's going to be practically the whole country watching something. So come on, England. All right, Boris, chill out. Something to get the, <laughs> the country united and all that. Um, of course, joining us as well for the, the penultimate show of the Euro 2020 is, uh, is Matt from Jills in the Blood. Has the anxiety kicked in yet, mate? I don't, until you just said we're 24 hours or so away from kickoff. And now I'm like, oh, shit, this is massive, isn't it? It's one of them weird games. It's like the last 10 minutes of extra time. I was sat there thinking we're keeping the ball quite well and my missus is like, I just want it to be full time. And then I was like, shit, yeah, I just want it to be full time. And it's the same. It's almost like I can't wait for what is the biggest game since 1966. There's no point pretending otherwise. But at the same time, there's a tiny, tiny bit of me that just wants to know the result and I can just get on with dealing with whatever emotion I'm going to have to deal with come 10 o'clock, half 10, quarter to 11 tomorrow night and however long it takes. But yeah, overriding he's looking forward to it and and also the country's done us bloody proud already haven't they regardless of what happens tomorrow but we don't want to come this close and then not be lifting that trophy at Wembley because it would be absolutely unreal yeah I've said the same second place is last place in my opinion I don't want to yeah. get this far just to be the failures again but um given the perspective of, of of Italy obviously someone who's a lot more well rehearsed in the Serie A and whatnot uh, and last but certainly not least we've got the wonderful Chloe Beresford Italian football writer and consultant and founder of and I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly Curva A Calcio um, Chloe obviously you'll be supporting England but you know Italy far better than any of us put together but how are your nerves holding up? Um, yeah, not too bad. Um, I, I, th- I think it'll, I think more than anything, I'm just really looking forward to it. I think it'll be such a, a close game, a real tactical battle. And um, yeah, I'm sure I'll be a lot more nervous come kickoff. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it calm right now. Yeah, I feel like every hour that it's getting closer, I live, and you might even be able to hear it at the moment, I live across the road from a church and every hour I get the bells going for it and I feel like every time that like chimes, I'm like, oh, one hour closer, here we go, brilliant. Um, and I agree with you, I think it's going to be a tactical game, I don't think it's going to be a whitewash for anyone and that makes me just even more nervous. Uh, I think it might be a battle of the managers, but we'll get further into that soon. Jack, I'll come to you first because you came on the, the show last, but I introduced you first. Um it's uncharted territory, as we said for England fans. It's it's not. You said it's not often we get to a final. It's actually never we get to a final if you look at our lifetime. Um, Croatia, really good team still. Germany or Germany, Denmark had a great tournament. All really tough tests that we've had. Uh, no disrespect to Ukraine, but not just because of the magnitude of the game, which we've already discussed in short. There um, is this our toughest test yet in terms of the the team that we're playing. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, I think it's the two best teams in this tournament, Graham. I think 
Italy are the one team like England that have been so consistent all the way through. Um, they've found a way to win practically well every game. Do you know what I mean? And I watched, I've watched, I think, every Italian game. And they haven't always been at the best. Uh, they weren't great against uh, Wales in the last group game. They weren't excellent in the last 16 game against Austria. Um, but they've they've just ground results out and they've, they've been consistently good enough, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? And I think uh, they are they're probably the team that nobody wanted England to play. But you know, ultimately, mm-hmm. that the best teams usually usually reach the final. And I think it's it's the right final. I think England and Italy, like I say, have been the, the best two teams. But yeah, without a doubt, it's going to be a huge test. Um, you look right through the Italian team and that they've got good players all the way through it, particularly at the back experience at the back. Um, they've got, you know, Insignia, um, Immobile, Chiesa, you know, in attacking areas. And they've got players like Jorginho in the midfield. So they've got quality all the way through the pitch. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a final, just the sheer magnitude of the final, as we've touched on, Grim. Do you know what I mean? Even if it's a final that you would expect to win, you know, whereby, you know, you're playing, I shouldn't say a lesser team, but a, a game in which you're the favourites. The sheer fact that it's a final can sometimes build it up and players can... You know, play differently or mentally, you, you can make it a bigger challenge than you know it perhaps might be. So yeah, it's going to be the toughest test. And I think the fact that the whole country is gradually the the, the momentum that the team has built up has gradually whetted the appetite for the whole country, and the country is kind of expectant. The expectancy level has gone up all the way through the tournament. Do you know what I mean? I think at the group stages, we would have said our oh, quarter final or semis is okay, but now we've got the quarters and semis. It's like it's coming home. We want to win, so I think they have to deal with that as well. Um, but I'm confident, you know, I think I'm, I look at this English team and I think it's different from other England teams, do you know what I mean? It hasn't got, it hasn't got the failure, you know, attached to it like other England teams have, do you know what I mean? The perennial, uh, close but no cigar. I think this England team is mentally good enough to win a tournament and I think the players are good enough and I think it's just na- now is the time for them to go and do it and obviously fingers crossed to go and win it. Matt, so same to you. I think um, I agree 100% with Jack that the two teams that are in the final are the best two teams. Um, that throughout the tournament, I don't think you can really argue with that at all. Um, based on that, probably an obvious question, but do you, do you agree with myself and Jack that it is going to be our toughest test despite the magnitude of the game? 100%. It's it's a final, so you've got to deal with that. The occasion for England on Wednesday night was the biggest occasion that a lot of these players have played in. I think there were six that started the World Cup semi-final that were in the lineup on Wednesday. So this was completely new for five of them. And you can play in Europa League finals, you can play in Champions League finals, but this, with three lines on your shirt for your country, it does not get any bigger. It, it simply doesn't. This is the highest you can go as an England footballer if we can pull it off. We've done nothing wrong all tournament. Italy have done nothing wrong all tournament. It's going to come down to fine lines, isn't it? We, I know you're going to ask us that question at the end of score prediction, and I haven't got a clue at the moment, but I'll try and blurge something out at the end of the episode. But Italy have played some good sides, but I think we can get at their defence. I think their centre-backs proved... <coughs> We can get at them on Wednesday, Tuesday night against the Spanish. I thought the Spanish were the better side against the Italians. Um, arguably their best player of the tournament, Spinazzola, um, is out, ruptured his Achilles, I think it was, in, in one of the games. So they've got yeah. Emerson, Palmieri, I think it is, playing left back. I think we can get at him suddenly against the side like Spain, where they were zipping it about quickly. The goal was a prime example. Bonucci and Chiellini suddenly looked like they was in their mid-30s. I'm hoping and praying that the fine line is is Harry Kane because they've come up against good players, very good players, the Bruiners, 
Thorgan Hazard's, Romelu Lukaku's, that type of player against Belgium. They come up against good players in the Spain side, Danny Olmo, um, Pedri, but they've not come up against a truly world-class centre-forward, in my opinion, in Harry Kane. And that's no disrespect to Romelu Lukaku. I think he's bloody good now. He's, he's one of the very best in Europe. But Harry Kane takes that up a level again or two, and they've not come up against that type of player. Harry Kane's in the peak form now in this tournament compared to the first three games. Is he the difference maker? I'm not sure. But again, it comes back to we've got to do absolutely everything correctly. We've got to turn up from first whistle. We've got to defend properly. We've got to earn the right to get the ball and go and play. And if we can do that and we can get Sterling and Kane unleashed and into key areas and Saka or Sancho, whoever starts from the other side, it's the best chance we've had to win an international tournament since we did it in 1966. Yeah. And now I'm officially bricking it. Yeah, 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 I am after that impassioned, honest assessment. But, but Chloe, you can kind of tell, and I'm sure you feel the same way, you know, being an England fan, living in England and whatnot, you, you can feel that sort of almost nervousness because we've, none of us have been here. For, for Italy, it's, it's not uncharted territory. Winners in 68 of the, the Euros, runners up in 2000 and I think 2012, World Cup winners 2006, runners up 1994. Anyone of like my age and, and, and Matt and whatnot will remember exactly what Italy have been like throughout the 90s, the early 2000s, up until really recently. Italy have always been one of the best sides in the world and have came back roaring, shall we say. Um, we're all fond of the Italian media because of obviously um, Gazetta Italia back in the day and stuff like that. But um, Italy know how to do finals, basically, is the, is, the short, is the short thing I'm trying to say here. How are the Italian fans and, and the media feeling ahead of the game? Um, I think probably quietly confident. I don't think um, they underestimate England by any means. Um, I know there's a, an Italian tennis player in the final of Wimbledon for the first time. So they're, they're concentrating on, on a big day on Sunday for, for both um, Berrettini, the tennis player, and Italy in the final at Wembley as well. So um, I, I think uh, because this is a, a new team, they had a fresh start after they failed to qualify in the 2018 World Cup. They, nobody really knows uh, this is their, their first major tournament under Mancini. So nobody really knows whether they've got that cutting edge uh, to be able to to get over the line. I mean, um, obviously, Benucci and Chiellini are, are very experienced and have been around a long time. They've won things with Juventus a lot. Um, but there are a lot of young players in there as well uh, who, who haven't won anything. They're from the smaller club sides, such as Sassuolo, Atalanta, some of them. Um, rather than in the past, you know, the, the, the Italy team took a lot of players from the big clubs, Milan, Inter and Juve. So, um, yeah, I think it's all a bit unknown territory uh, for Italy at the moment. But um, I think they believe in Mancini and they believe uh, that he can do the job. Is he the smart, most smartest dressed man that you've ever seen in your life? Because Mancini is just like completely on point with his tie and everything. I thought Paolo Di Canio was a well-dressed man, but... Mancini's showing them up, isn't he? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's probably Italians in general. Uh, they they take their uh, clothes very seriously. <laughs> Fair play to them. They, they do it well. Um, I want to stay with you, Chloe, on this because obviously there's been a lot of discussion about England set up and who we could play, how we should set up throughout the tournament. Um, 
there's been a lot of discussion about Henderson going into the game. There's been discussion about Harry Maguire at the start. But but by and large, Mancini's rarely made mass changes, shall we say. I think, you know, you've got the likes of maybe Berardi and Chiesa have switched spots now and again. It looks like Chiesa's obviously came in, which I think from a slightly neutral perspective, that's probably the right point. We touched on Spinozola before. Emerson's come in and the kind of like left back, sort of left wing back, the way that they play. Um, but what are the side that the Italian fans are hoping to see tomorrow? Um, I think it's a difficult one because you've got uh, the, the the duel for the position between Verratti and Locatelli as well. Yes. So Locatelli came in in the group stages. He did really well. He scored and uh, played so well, but Verratti was kind of out injured. And, and I think because he's a bit of a bigger name, he plays for PSG, um, he then got the shout when he came back from being injured. But... Um, Against Spain, I thought he didn't. Um, he kind of is a bit of more of an individual than a team player. Um, he makes a lot of fouls. He um, he takes a bit too long on the ball. He's a bit too ponderous. So I think they would personally be better uh, starting Locatelli. And I think in terms of the Chiesa and Berardi matchup is quite interesting, really, because Chiesa is obviously the most talented. Uh, you saw from the goal he scored against Spain. Um, but Locatelli does a, a lot of the hard work and the hard graft. So um, from my point of view, I think it would be um, smart for Mancini to start with Berardi, let him tire out the defenders, let him do the hard graft, and then switch it to Chiesa, which is like bringing on a rocket. You know, it's it's something really different for, for England to have to cope with. Um, and you know, I think I think that's probably better than the other way around, um, than than bringing on Locatelli, uh, sorry, um, Berardi instead. You know, late, later on in the game because he's less of an impact sub. That's kind of what he did against Austria, wasn't it? He brought on Chiesa yeah. towards the end, and, and it felt like Italy weren't going to get past. Austria at that point, because Austria played really, really well. But when Chiesa yeah. came on, like you say, it was like a rocket. It was like kind of an explosion. And I'll be honest, I, I hope he does the opposite of what you think he should do. But um, I, I want to stay with you as well on this, because I think I did a preview show of the whole tournament and we went group by group by group. And Italy were the first team that come up because Group A, first team in it. Um, and looking back, I know nothing about football is, is the kind of short answer. I discussed how there was a lot of how you were used to the PLOs, the Buffons, the Cannavaros, the Nestas kind of back in the day. And, and there was a lot of names that were not as recognisable as maybe Italy had in the past. That's flew in the face of everything I've said, because obviously they've got the final and they've been the most impressive or second most impressive side throughout the tournament. Um, Throughout the tournament, there has been talk about Spinozola, who's obviously injured, Chiesa, Immobile. But who could be Italy's own sung hero? Like maybe someone we haven't seen yet that could maybe come off the bench and win it for them? Because Italy have got that ability to bring on someone from the bench that maybe someone we haven't heard of that would score the winner and, and take us by surprise. Yeah, I think um, in uh, Serie A in general, we've seen that... Um, a sort of a, a rise of a, a more of a team ethic than individual stars. You, you, we've had Atalanta, who are massive underdogs, doing really well, getting to the Champions League. Um, Sassuolo kind of play the same way. Um, and I think in the tournament, the themes carried on because, um, you know, you've got France with a load of individual stars that have, have crashed out. And the England and Italy are real teams. They work together as a unit. 
Um, but I think in terms of somebody that could be a surprise, as Pessina of Atalanta, he's come off the bench. Um, he came off the bench and scored against Wales. Um, and those players um, who play for Atalanta, we've seen them for different sides, like uh, Goosen's had a good tournament for Germany. Um, they're, they're popping up all over the place in this tournament. And I think their mentality and never-say-die spirit um, really rubs off on their players and, and that could mean uh, Pessina could make an impact. It could be somebody, like say, a, a bit of a unknown uh, surprise there. Hopefully not, but worth asking nonetheless, just in case. Um, Jack, I'll, I'll come to you on this one. Um, talking about team setups and stuff like that, um, there seems to be some calls for Southgate to make changes in the midfield on, on Sunday. Look, let's be honest, we're biased as hell, both Sunderland fans, so Jordan Henderson should get a knighthood, let alone get a place in the starting lineup for, for my liking. Um, but some people have actually suggested, because of the way Italy play in midfield, that maybe dropping Mason Mount or maybe Saka and putting Mason Mount on the kind of right of the front three and going into like a flat three maybe with maybe Henderson holding would combat that. Um where do you see the Italians' main dangers? Do you think it's midfield? And if it is, how would you set up to combat it? Um, I think it was something that um, Matt touched on the other night. And the more I think about it, the more I think it's a good idea with Henderson in the three alongside um, Phillips and Rice. How much convincing think... did that take you to decide that Jordan Henderson <laughs> should play as a Sunderland fan? Because for what? me, I'm just like, his name of, mention of his name, I'm like, yep, he should play in all 11 positions. <laughs> well, I, I I would have had him playing anyway. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think I really do think uh, it's. I I know we've touched on the fact that it's a, it's a New England team, it's a new mentality. But I do think sometimes in a big game, a little bit of an experienced head can come sometimes be valuable. And I really do think not. I mean, obviously it helps that he's he's a Sunderland lad, but not just the fact that he is a Sunderland lad. I think the fact is over the past few years how important he's been for Liverpool. You know that the stage he's played on, winning a Premier League, playing in two Champions League finals, winning one. Uh, and I think you really do see that leadership on the pitch. And I think I touched on it, you know, the other day. I'm not saying Harry Kane isn't the best show for captain, but I do think in John Henderson, you have got another captain in all but name on the pitch, um, Graham. So I think when Henderson is there, he can be valuable, not just in terms of his ability on the pitch, seeing that pass, you know what I mean, sitting deep and, and kind of dictating our tempo, speeding the game up when we need to, slowing it down when we need to. But his leadership skills are you know, a second to none. So in, in terms of a three, I think it's an excellent idea. Do you know what I mean? Because I think if we set up like that, I think it does give us that little bit more protection in the middle. And I know you are slightly making us weaker as an attacking unit, but I think in the three attacking players, whether you go, you know, whoever it is on one side and obviously Sterling on the other and Kane up front, I think whichever three players you pick will still cause Italy problems. I still think we've got enough there to show our kind of teeth up front and, and really, you know, be sharp enough to... Uh, getting behind them, and I do think as long as as long as you know you pick somebody quick on that side, you know, like a Sancho or you know maybe a, a Phil Foden or someone like that or a Saka, whoever it is, you know what I mean. I think as long as we we, we play the tempo and stretch the the defence, I think we'll cause problems for any any defensive team. Do you know what I mean? And I think particularly with you know as we've touched on the experience, shall we say, but aging. Let's be honest, centre halves that Italy have very good, but I don't think they're gonna like. Being you know run you know players running in behind Harry Kane getting the ball and laying it off. So I really do think if we add Henderson in the three with the other players, then I think we're uh, we're still giving ourselves a good chance to cause Italy problems at the back. I, I love Kalini. Me obviously I'm going to dislike him on Sunday, but I absolutely love him. Like any any anyone who's got that level of shit he gets a thumbs up in my books. I've got to be honest. I just hope he doesn't do anything like 
that on Sunday, which I'm sure it will. Nice for to have a stinker, wouldn't it? It would. It would be very nice. Um, Matt, Chloe touched it before, and I think we all probably 100% agree that this is going to be a game that is more about um, tactical awareness and, and kind of more like a game of chess. It might not be the most entertaining game to watch uh, for the neutral, if I'm completely honest. I could be wrong with that. But I think it is going to be a, a tactical game. Um, with that in mind, would you stick with the way England have played recently? Or like you said the other day, would you change that up and maybe try and combat combat some of the Italian threats without kind of negating on England's uh, threats towards them, if that makes sense? I said to you the other day, didn't I? I mean, I brought up the Jordan Henderson thing and said, take Mount out because I don't think Mount's come to the fore yet in terms of an attacking sense. The reason he plays, I think, is because Southgate knows he can create, but he's also very good out of possession. This is energy, and he will work it? really hard. Yeah. But we'll get that with Jordan Henderson as well. And we need, first and foremost, to make sure that we're solid and we're keeping the back door shut. But then we go to the old adage, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And we were very good. Again, we've been very good all through the tournament, Scotland aside. For me, it comes back to, to Gareth Southgate, which I've said all through this tournament. And that is that whatever team he picks, whatever 11 he decides are going to go out there from the off. I've got 100% trust and 100% faith that he's going to get it right because he has done throughout the tournament. So whether that's, like we said the other night, the keeper and the back four pick themselves. They've been absolutely immaculate on the whole. So that's Pickford, Walker, Stones, Maguire and Shaw. Um, Kane and Sterling are shooing. So that's seven. I think Rice and Phillips stay in because they've generally been very good throughout the tournament. So then we've got two. Um, do we take Mount out and go a bit more rigid in the middle of the park to combat Verratti, Jorginho and, and Berardi, I think it is, or Barella? Um, yeah. Do we, or do we risk Mason Mount and allow him to maybe pick up them pockets of space in between the back four and their middle three if he can find that space? I'm not overly keen on the idea of Saka coming out and Mount playing from the right. I know he'd give Carl Walker more protection, but I think one thing that the Italian backline will hate is pace. And if Harry Kane drops into that ten, which we do for which he does for Tottenham, I think a Sancho slash Saka and a Sterling could be absolutely key in being the ones that are on the on the end of them diagonals. If Kane can pick a pass like he did against the Danes, we spoke about it. He shouldn't even see Bakayo Saka for that ball even behind the fullback for the, the, the equaliser on Wednesday evening. That's the ability that Harry Kane possesses now as a number 10. So if you're pushing me to pick the team, Henderson comes in, Mount comes out, Kane becomes the number 10, almost evolving as the game goes on, so to speak, rather than starting there and being rigid. And then you look to get Sterling and Saka in behind with that, that abundance of pace. There you go. I've picked a team. Quick, before I change my mind. <laughs> uh, going back to, to, to at least Team Chloe, uh, Spinner's all obviously suffered, a, I think it was a ruptured Achilles, like Matt said, I think that's correct. Um, he's a huge miss. I think everyone's been quite surprised by, I think, because let's be honest, most people in, in England thought that was a, a pastor, let alone a player. And I think they've changed their mind very much so because of how good he was. He was absolutely pivotal. Uh, pivotal pivotal to everything that uh, Italy had, did, had done so far in the tournament. And it was actually a real shame to see him go off and we all seen the scenes and stuff like that. 
Um, someone we know a little bit more about was obviously Emerson um, because of where he's played and things like that. How confident are the Italian fans in the Italian media that he can be an adequate replacement for Spinazzola or is it kind of, it is what it is and, and you know he's not going to be quite as good? Yeah, I think they, they know he's not going to be quite as good. Um, I mean, against Spain, he was um, struggling a little bit with the link-up play with Insigne. Um, it, 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 when you've had a player like Spinazzola playing so well, um, it is very difficult and obviously is not getting much game time for Chelsea. So, um, yeah, it, it's just a case of them using, using what they've got really with him. I think with Emerson as well, I mean, Spinozola kind of, to an English fan, obviously showing my complete ignorance here, kind of came out of nowhere. But he seems like a different player, Emerson, completely. Um, is there anyone else that could potentially surprisingly come in outside of Emerson or is that the only real option that Mancini's got? Yeah, it's the only real option there. Yeah. Um, uh, Spinozola is... Um, when he when he's fit, is a fantastic player. He had um, a short spell at Juve and uh, played really well for them uh, in the Champions League. But he's very very injury prone. Um, mm. So I guess to see him to see him pull up like that wasn't a massive surprise uh, to people who watch Serie A because um, that's the downside to him. I think. Yeah, I was going to say, is that kind of the reason why a lot of people hadn't heard of him before the tournament? Because he's someone who's unfortunately been prone to injury and, and not had yeah, a good one, is it? Yeah, he's in and out of, uh, and he's been at uh, various different teams. And uh, yeah, uh, he's not uh, he's not able really uh, over long periods of time to stay fit enough to, to make the headlines. And I think a lot of the headlines tend to be transfer related. And I don't think anybody would be any big clubs will be really willing to take that risk on him because of because of the injury record. With him being injured and Emerson obviously coming in and, and no other option being there, obviously as an England fan, you'll, you'll want to see us play the best possible option there, but you'll know a little bit more about Emerson, the way Italy play. Who would be England's best option to put there? Like the pace of Saka, Sterling, Sancho, or, or would someone like maybe Jack Grealish be the better option for, against Emerson? I think uh, going with pace is definitely the best the best way to go about it. Um, the, the other thing I would say is that um, because of his uh, advancing years, Chiellini is is prone to very very prone to calf problems, um, and he did play all the 120 minutes against Spain. So, <laughs> not tempting fate for him, but I wouldn't be surprised if. I, at some point, he pulled up and, and he knows straight away because he's had the problem so many times. And he um, in the tournament as well with a muscle problem early on. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's a quite a regular thing, really, for him. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the... I would say that would be a worry for Italy. Um, and I think if, if Kane can occupy Benucci and Chiellini uh, and then some of England's pacier players um, Sterling especially can, can uh, trouble those fullbacks because uh, Di Lorenzo and Emerson are, are fairly inexperienced um, Di Lorenzo he plays for Napoli now but he came from quite a humble background he came from Empoli uh, not, not too long ago so he hasn't really got a lot of big game experience so um, yeah uh, I would target get Kane to occupy the central defenders and, and target those fullbacks Hope Italy aren't listening to this, by the way. 
because that sounds like a pretty decent plan. I feel worse now. I'm almost, <laughs> you're almost convincing me. Oh, God. <laughs> this is why I got the, the, the Italian expert, but English support and Italian expert, you see. Confidence, but also know how to have confidence. Um, <laughs> one, one big thing that I, I looked at, and I don't know how much this actually plays into it, Matt, if I'm completely honest, because I've seen it fly in the face many, many times, but I was sat watching the, the Italy versus Spain game at um, the the fan zone in Glasgow, and I was saying, please, God, go to extra time. Just go to extra time, because we haven't got extra time yet, and we could do it in 90 minutes. Obviously, that wasn't the case against Denmark. We went extra time, but Italy have got extra time twice, um, penalties once, and the game against Belgium for like a neutral at the time was energy sapping as it was. Um with England only going extra time once, Matt, how much of a bearing could the fact that Italy have played much more minutes in England have a bearing on the game? <laughs> it's easy to say it probably should, but it's a final adrenaline. Also, we'll the Italians are like supremely fit. Like the Italians um, are a lot yeah, fitter than England. The fact that yeah. we've already spoken about them and Chloe's mentioned that if, if Kane can occupy Bonucci, Cialini, we have a chance. And the fullbacks are not great, but the fact that Bonucci and Chiellini are still the first choice centre backs for a very good Italian side says that they're still bloody good defenders at the end of the day. And what they lack in pace, um, they certainly more than make up for in terms of know how and, as you so eloquently put it, shithousery. Um, they know how to win football matches and they know how to win football matches at the very highest level for both club and country. Um, I think more importantly, we've only gone to extra time once, but also the fact that I thought we was comfortable against Germany. We managed to get a couple off, I think. Against Ukraine, we managed to get a few off to give to give well-needed breathers to the likes of, of Rice and Phillips. And I think Kane came off last 20 minutes, didn't he, for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Sterling was coming off for the last 15, 20 minutes as well, I believe. So in terms of fatigue, you'd like to hope that it's going to have a bigger bearing on the game, but... Ultimately, we're only going to find out tomorrow night, aren't we? And 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 see how much it has had an effect on them ageing legs of particularly them two centre-backs. And also Verratti as well, who didn't start the tournament because he was injured and he's he's eased his way back in with substitute appearances. And then he started a couple of games. But I think Mancini's been clever in that sense. And he's, he's bought him off a couple of times, hasn't he, Chloe? So they've had to try and protect him as well. But, oh God, I just want to know what the score is now. This is... This has made me feel about a hundred times worse than I felt about twenty-five minutes ago. Sorry, it's um, all right, Jack. One of the stats that came out of there—I don't know the exact figures because I don't do obviously my research as well as that. Not to lie, I do a fair bit, um, but I think we had more touches in the box against Denmark than sort of any side out of the tournament, at least, or the past couple of tournaments or something. That was a really mad stat. Um, I watched that Spain game. and I've watched every Italian game when that cross goes in the box. Chiellini's going to get on the end but not out consistently. Benucci's going to do the same. Put something on their head, they're going to clear it and they're going to get there first. Um, England sometimes rely on uh, like the wing-backs of, well, the the full-backs of um, Walker or Trippier, if you prefer. And obviously Luke Shaw's had a great tournament and got in the box and put crosses in. But do you think it's quite important to play this game trying to get through Italy based on, like kind of like we did against Denmark, touches in the box, trying to like, make sure that Chiellini is on his toes, gets still and running at him, um, as opposed to maybe going down down the wings like we have a couple of times in the tournament? 
Um, I, I know what you mean, but I do think we've already touched on that the Italian fullbacks is probably not the strongest area. I mean, Chloe will know more about the Italian team than I will, but I think that as long as we've got some pace in the team, um, Graham, I'm, I'm, I'm always confident with England now that now I'm watching because we've got players that can run in behind, we've got players that can stretch a defence. And I think what what you need to do is you need to make sure the supply is there because you, no matter who you play on those sides, whether it's Sterling, you know, Saka, whoever whoever it is that you're going to play alongside, you know, in the, in the three with with Harry Kane um, and Mason Mount, whoever it is, you, you're going to have them running. But I think it's important that you get the supply line to them. Do you know what I mean? It's important that those balls are coming in, and whether or not that's Jordan Henderson dropping deep, you know, playing balls like he does for you know the likes of Mo Salah and Sadio Mane at Liverpool in those areas or either it's Harry Kane dropping deep and, and kind of winning winning flick-ons and, and turning and playing passes like he did, as, as Matt said, against um, against Denmark, where he probably shouldn't even say that, let alone to get the, get it and then execute it as well as he's done. So I'm not sure about what, how we do it, but I think as long as we've got the players on the pitch, we're going to make sure that the supply lines are coming to those players. And I think it should be with the players that we've touched on it. I think you know we're going to get chances because I really think that this... England team's getting better every game with the attacking players that we've got on the pitch. I mean, I thought we, we looked um, a lot more creative against Ukraine. I know they're a weaker opposition than Germany. And then again on, on uh, Wednesday, night, Wednesday night against Denmark, I thought that we created more chances than we have done previously in, in the tournament. But for a Casper Schmeichel masterclass, we probably would have won that game a lot more comfortably. So I'm confident England will create chances as long as you know we, we get the, those supply lines right and get the balls coming in. Um, Chloe, one of the, the, the big talking points about this for me, I was I, I really like the Italian media because I don't know if anyone's noticed, but the Italians are very passionate about football. You probably know this, Chloe, but and the papers are, are brilliant. Like I'm a James Richardson fanboy, so I've always loved that kind of like Italian media aspect of it. So I've paid, paid particular interest. Um, the mention of Raheem Sterling, he's he dove. The tournament's been set up. So England get to the final. We've all seen what's been coming out in the past few days, but how much of this is, is mind games from the Italians as opposed to actual opinions? Yeah, I think some of it is more stuff that's like uh, on, on websites and stuff that gets translated into English rather than actual the newspapers. I'm not seeing an awful lot in the in the actual papers about the whole the whole diving thing. I mean, um, Obviously, there was the immobile thing where he, he went down in the box and let his I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was just a bit cheeky, wasn't it? Really, it was you know. We'd all do. It is what it is. Um, so yeah, I don't. I think it's more voices uh, online and on, on websites and stuff rather than the actual press that's saying that. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, be be too worried about that as an England fan. I think it's it is what it is, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um... Talking of mind games, Chiellini does very much seem to be the master of it. But I also think personally he's been the best defender at the tournament. Um, we've discussed his weaknesses a little bit already, uh, pace and, and, and stuff like that. And we've discussed about the fact that we should get at them. But is there anywhere on the pitch that you know you feel that Italy are also particularly weak elsewhere where we could get at, other, other, aside from an agent central defender that probably doesn't have the same sort of pace as, as Sterling or, or Italy pretty strong around the rest of the pitch and that's their only weak spot really um, I think I think the, the midfield is the strongest area so um, obviously so with Spain they flooded that area which is, is not unusual for them but um, that really did stifle Italy's creativity um, and in, in Mobile you've got a striker who um, 
he's not like Hurricane. He can't make chances for himself. He's a very good finisher, a bit of a, I guess, what you would call a tapping merchant. Um, he He's done very, very well for Lazio, but um, he had he had a, a spell abroad with Borussia Dortmund and Sevilla uh, in two different spells. And, it, and he just, he didn't, he didn't perform well. He, he wasn't good and he came back to Italy. So um, he, he does well in very set circumstances uh, when it's sort of laid on the plate for him. Uh, and it, it'll score goals for fun in, in that respect, um, in those very set, um, you know, conditions. So I think that is probably a weak point for, for Italy. Obviously, they've got very, very good wingers who can create chances and they can score goals themselves. Um, but they've not they've not got a striker like Harry Kane, um, is the one thing I would say. Yeah, and, and, and I touch on what Matt said before, I really do feel like that is one of the big things is, is having that player um, and, and having Harry Kane could make a massive, massive difference. But on that note, obviously we're coming to the, towards the close of the show. There is a couple of things that we need to discuss, such as predictions. Um, I'll come to you first, Jack, because obviously you're you're the first one um, on the show. Well, last one, technically. Um, but what, what do you see the score being and, and who's your scorers for the game on Sunday or tomorrow? Uh, I hate to make everybody a little bit more nervous, but England oh. haven't had a England haven't had a penalty shootout yet, have we? Um, and uh, I think it might be going all the way this one, but uh, I'm going to go one-one in England to win on penalties. I think it's going to be beyond nervous. I think we're going to all be kind of biting our nails and head in hands and do you know what I mean, like that type of thing. But I really do think there's just something about this tournament. I think England are going to win it. I think that. It's been, you know, it's it's been kind of manoeuvred, shall we say, for England to have the, you know, the, the lion's share of the final and the semis for this tournament when we won the bidding, you know, a few years ago. Um, and I think this is a, a, a real coming of age for this English side. I think you're looking at players that are coming into the form, coming at the peak of their careers. And I think it's it's a perfect storm of an English team with no baggage from previous tournaments. Gareth Southgate getting it right consistently throughout the tournament. But having said that, I do think Italy are a very strong side. They're in form, like you say. The fact that we haven't touched on Italy haven't lost a game, and is it 33 matches? They are, going to, they are They are very, very difficult to beat. And I think we have shown that, you know, we can grind results out. Um, and I do think it may go all the way to, 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 to the dreaded penalty shootout. So I think 1-1. I think Harry Kane for England and for Italy, maybe Chiesa. Um, and then England to triumph on penalties. Same question to you, Matt. What's your what's your prediction? Well, I've just looked at an app and Chloe might be able to add a bit to this. Oh, it's just flashed up on Sky Sports. Phil Foden sits out England training ahead of final versus Italy as precaution. So he, won't, he wouldn't have started it anyway. Um, they've not conceded more than once in the last 28 games looking at the app I'm looking at, the Italians. But to try and counter that and some positivity... They've played Netherlands twice in that time and Belgium. Aside from that, it's all teams that you'd expect it to Italy or England to swat aside. <sighs> Unbeaten runs have to come to an end at some point, don't they? This Hope might so. be my heart ruling my head a little bit. 2-1 to England in 90 minutes or extra time. Purely because I'm 
I can't cope with a penalty. I cannot cope with. A, I can't cope with the thought of a penalty shootout. So if the action <laughs> thing happens, I'm going to be a complete mess. Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling to cap a player of the tournament tournament with the winner. Yeah, I like that. I'm happy with that. Chloe, what's your prediction in the goal scorers for Sunday? I think it'll be just really tight. Um, but uh, I think. England could win 2-1. Um, I think uh, I think Sterling will get on the on the score sheet. Uh, and yeah, maybe uh, Chiesa for, for Italy. Uh, Chiesa or Insigne maybe. Um, and, and maybe one for Kane. But I, th- I think England have just got that little bit more of tournament experience having been to the semi-finals of the World Cup. Um, I think... There are some holes to pick in Italy, and I think Southgate is intelligent enough to um, to work that out for himself. So, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be very, very close. Italy are a very, very good side, but England could just edge it. Fingers crossed. I'm going to give you mine. I've had two in my head, but I'm going to say 1-0 England extra time. Harry Kane in the second half of extra time. But nonetheless, that's hopefully we're all right in some way, shape, size, or form. Um, but if not, the review show is going to be grim and depressing. Um, but thanks to everyone for joining us. As always, uh, subscribe if you want. If you don't want to, that's fine. I will live. I'm, I'm, I won't die if you don't subscribe, but I would like it if you do. Um, thanks very much to Chloe for coming on and giving us the Italian perspective and making us feel more nervous than we did before the game. <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, but on a serious note, thank you very much to Matt, Jack, and Chloe. And enjoy tomorrow if you can.